silence, please. Welcome to MIA, Mixed in America. I am your host, Damian Dorn, a.k.a. Mr. Green Bay. This is the show where you go to hear truth, facts, and experience from black to white, exposing the gray area behind the stereotypes of America. I am your host, Damian Dorn, a.k.a. Mr. Green Bay, and on today's show, uh, I am super excited to have this conversation simply because um, I was raised by a white woman, and... uh, I, I just I just want to hear my mom passed away 16 17 years ago so I just want to hear from a, a, a respected white woman's perspective on raising a multicultural son and without further ado I'm just gonna dive right in uh, Jen Christensen how you how are you how what's going on good morning darling I'm good I'm good I'm so excited to have you on the show and um, I definitely am in, intrigued to hear what you um, bring to the table because you just continue to grow so what what drove your growth what drove uh, your drive to just keep persevering and you know not succumbing to any B- any BS at all like Tell us, tell us what's up. Well, there's plenty of BS in my, in my past. You know, I think that's kind of what fuels you, you know, um, it wasn't really an option to stop. I don't know. I just caught wind of growth. Um, I, what it felt like. And I was like, how can people stop growing? I, I don't, I don't really understand it to be quite honest. So in the book, the slight edge, it talks about there's progress or digress. Like, mm. like there, you just don't mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm done growing. But, right. but coincidentally enough, the human being is the only living being on the planet that doesn't grow to its fullest potential. Wow. Flowers. Wow. You don't see a flower half blossomed. You don't see a yeah. tr- You don't see a tree with just a quarter branch <laughs> with, with, a, right. with a half a leaf on it. You know what I mean? Like it just, everything mm-hmm. just grows to its fullest potential. Um, but that's what makes us unique as humans. So uh, women being a superhuman, I'm just going to be honest. I believe women are superhumans. Um, I recently became a single father, as you know, and um, I know women that are doing it like by the dozens, if not more than yeah. that, you know. So I have a super huge respect for any woman that takes on that task by herself and is able to juggle everything that they juggle because, boy, I'd be forgetting to wash his clothes from time to time. I'd be like, oh, man, I didn't wash your clothes this week. He said, Dad, we didn't wash clothes in two weeks. I said, oh, no. So tell, yeah. so, so tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? What, 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 what's your profession if you decide to, if you want to? We are called artists is what we call ourselves. Um, but it really is, you know, stylist, nice. right? Like that's the term that everyone would know for about 13 years. Been okay. doing that. Okay. Um, love it. I'm independent now. Nice. Been two and a half years almost. Nice. So it's been really great. Yeah, nice. it's a it's a path that's that I didn't want to take. I didn't want to go independent, and I felt called to, Ooh. and I'm really glad okay. I did. Talk talk about that calling. What do you, what I mean? How did that how did that come about? Like what you say, called, moved, inspired, or what have you? Like what what was yeah. that? What did that mean for you? 
Well, just like any other big choice in my life, I uh, limit it to prayer. And basically, I follow what God tells me to do. Now, most of the time, he springs it on me. And it's not something that I'm like ready ready for. for. You know, it's always something that I'm like, oh, okay, we're doing this. Takes me a little bit to get used to. But when I went independent, it was right before uh, 2020. So it was December Mm. of 2019. Uh, God told me that I was going to be going independent. And I was like, what? I wasn't ready. I was I'm happy where ready. I was. I was not <laughs> ready. I was like, no, I want to go to work and go home. Right. I don't want to do all this, this, this the extra stuff, right, right? That comes with it. Owning your own business. Um, and then COVID happened. We were, you know, inside for how long? And as stylists, we didn't get to go back till the end of May. Mm. So uh, during that time, a girlfriend and I, decided that, yep, we're going to go through with this. We're going to go ahead. We weren't really sure of what that timeline looked like, but we knew it was what we were being called to do. And it's been, I haven't looked back since. I love it. I love it. So entrepreneur spirit wasn't something that um, you necessarily had and was an itch for you. It was just more of like, okay, this is what needs to be done. You know, that, that's interesting. I've always um, had an entrepreneurial spirit. My dad is very entrepreneurial minded. Right um, I've always done things on the side, right? Like before COVID, I decorated houses on the side. I can tell. I, I can tell. Love. I mean, looking at the background, <laughs> I was like, she chose this spot on purpose. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, the desk is high enough. You know, right. that was also why. But um, Good choice. Yeah. I've always loved that. You know, I mean, you know, from back in the day, right? When we used to throw parties, even mm-hmm. that was entrepreneurial minded. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've always been around really smart, educated people when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. And so they've really just led by example. Sure. So what was what was the biggest example that those those leaders, you know, instilled in you? Like, what did you just innately earn as you're um, just being around that environment, not necessarily say, Hey, Jen, I need you to know this. I need you to know this, but you just observed and was like, ah, this is the key right here. They all saw the leadership in me. Um, when, when I look back on my life, I really do realize how much of a leader I am. I've come to grips with that. Even mm-hmm. saying that is a little, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I've been in leadership roles my whole life. Mm-hmm. So somebody's seen it in me the whole time. So really watching people be leaders is what really helped me um, develop those skills in my own life. And and without even realizing it, really, you know, mm. you know, that that's interesting um, because it is absolutely true on both sides of the tracks. Right. So, you know, obviously uh, we have different upbringings. Um, my guests and listeners know. Anybody that knows me knows that I come from the darkest side of the tracks you can think of, been through it all, seen it all, heard it all, right? Um, But again, I was an unguided youth. So I too learned from my environment. And I learned what I didn't want to (laughs) do. I learned who I didn't want to be, right? So there Mm -hmm. was a lot of decisions that I had to make that was just like, okay, I need to do something but I'm not going to sell this. I'm not going to sell that. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to rob. I'm not going to murder. Right. Like I had to make these choices because this is what was around me. Yeah. So I was an entrepreneur by spirit too, because it was always about growth and development, you know, just getting myself to a higher, to a higher level. So 
Um, I, I love that. So your first entrepreneurial endeavor was how old? Oh, it's funny that you even say that. My brother and I, I think I was maybe seven or eight. What? Yeah. We made, we lived on a really busy street in Wapaka. Okay. If anybody really knows me, knows I'm from Wapaka till I was about 12. Um, but we were seven or eight and we brought all the toys that we wanted to sell outside and we set up shop. And the newspaper came by, like took pictures of us. So it was my first in my mind that I can remember, That's right? So like, dope. like I want money for something. Right. Okay. Well, you got to earn it somehow. And when right. you're seven or eight, we didn't get money for chores. Right. right? Like that's not what, no, that's not what we right. did. So right. that's, that's awesome. That's the first time. How, now, how much older is your brother? You're, um, he's a year and a half younger. Oh, year and a half younger. So this is, you were mm-hmm. kind of the brainchild of the operation. I don't remember though, because oh, he's okay. like that too. Okay. He's really super. Again, my dad was right. Sure, sure. So my brother's super into. He collects high end whiskeys, and you know, so he's really into. Yeah, he's eclectic like that. Like he really has fine okay. taste. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Art. So I, I actually, <laughs> I, I've actually um, kind of went back in my mind over the last couple of years. I'm uh, preparing to write write my book out and. Um, you know me as a gatherer of people, right? So, mm-hmm. so um, what made me want to gather people was when I seen guys and dolls for the first time. It was a play. It was mm-hmm. an old school. I don't know. Probably took place in the fifties. Uh, it just captured my attention, right? And it was acting. It was singing. It was dancing. It was interchanging of sets. It was so much action going on that it just captivated me at an early age. I didn't realize that until recently when I started going back in my mind, like, where did this start from? Like, how did I get to this point? Because I still feel called, as you say, to edutain my people, right? Because I like to have fun doing Love it. That. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, let me ask you. So then you, I know we started, uh, I think we connected as, uh, we had the same social circle as youngsters. Uh, we might not have connected until our 20s, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. We crossed paths quite often in our 20s, and we just kind of stayed connected over the years, you know, in passing. Hey, how's it going? Hugs, high fives, congratulations, you know, all those things. What was it like for you moving to Appleton? Like, when did, what year, what year, what made that decision? What happened? What, how'd you get to this area? My parents divorced when I was 10. Mm, that's tough. Um, yeah. I don't remember it being tough, but my sister tells me that I block a lot of uh, the memories out. I think that's a, a safety mechanism. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. Coping. Right. So we that summer, we took a my mom took us on a trip of the whole west side of the United States, uh, which was amazing. So cool. So I'd love to do that now. Seattle <laughs> all the way down? like what? All the way down. Yep. Wow. Over all the way down, all the way back up through Colorado. Wow. Yeah, we saw we saw everything. Dope. It was really cool. Um, so we moved to Appleton right after that. So I was going into sixth grade. So I was okay. 11. Okay. Um, I moved to Green Bay when I was 12. Okay. So yeah. Uh, yeah so Wait, I, from Shano? From Chicago. My mom's from Shano. Oh, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Chicago. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. Yep. So we'll get to hey. that. We'll get to that. So you, so you guys settle, <laughs> so you guys settle, settle at 11 in Appleton in sixth grade. We did. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Sixth grade. What was your, what was your initial thought when you got to school? 
No, Wapaka is small, right? Like okay. 5,000 people now. So back then, a right. thousand less probably at right. least. So I wasn't really around multicultural whatsoever. And even in Appleton, it still wasn't, you right. know. Um, what year was this? I remember- if you don't mind me asking. I know I'm not supposed to ask a woman's oh, no. age. I'm not. You're fine. I want to say 90. Let's see. I was born in 83. I was 11. So 94. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, 94. so 94. So that's when you moved to Appleton. It was 94, huh? Mm, yeah. Okay. So I was in Appleton in, in 94. So that's interesting. So I, I definitely can attest. So yeah, you're right. The maybe Asian. Yep. Little native. And I think maybe four black families. And you know, even native was more Green Bay, Oneida. True. You know, Appleton True. didn't. I don't even remember having native friends until oh, wow. I was in high school. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was that. So it was that little, that little bit of diversity. So what? Did, what was your take? Well, my first, I remember. I don't remember. You know, we remember certain, like a few memories. So from sixth grade, I remember one of the first days. Um my friend, my old friend, Mai, coming up to me and being like, do you want to sit by us at lunch, right? And it sticks out in my mind, but she was my first Mm -hmm. Asian friend. I didn't look at it that way, you know? That was welcoming. Yeah, very much so. And I just, Mm -hmm. I loved it. It was great. And she was, um, she was great. Her family was great. Again, I was brought into this culture that I didn't even realize I was being brought into, if that makes sense, because I wasn't brought up. No, I wasn't around it. But my family was also not um, racist whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like my mom picked up half the kids around town to go to church on Wednesday nights. You know, so (laughs) bless her heart. uh, Oh my goodness! I could, I just pictured it in my head. Like, oh, everybody loves Jen's mom. Oh, everyone loves my mom. You ask anybody, they love my mom. I yeah. swear, I swear, I could, I could just, I just <laughs> felt it when you said it. It's like I was one of the kids in the truck. Like, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let me no, that's you. all right. So there were, there was a little bit of different, like, um, there was some Mexican kids we picked up or Hispanic, they were Mexican, but Hispanic kids, mm-hmm. but that was about it. Uh, and then, yeah, so Appleton, my Asian friends, and that's really where it all started, you know, at 12, Absolutely. 12 years old. Yeah, I had um, I had a couple Asian friends um, around that time. Uh, a very popular family, even to this day, they're popular um, on the tattoo joint down there. So you probably uh, know what I'm talking about. Sure do. Grew up with their family um, too. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, and um, love them. I know that culture a little bit. It's a very tight knit, mm-hmm. very you know, respect is very big. Um, Huge. So did you? Uh, so did you? Um, what, what high school did you go to in Appleton? So I went to uh, Appleton East for the first three years, and then Appleton West okay. my last year. Oh man, what? Oh, that had to have been hard. It was my that choice. Had to have been hard. I don't, you know. Oh really? Well, most of my best friends okay. went. We live by West. Most sure. of my best friends went to West. My brother went to West. So, uh, you know, come almost senior year, I'm like, I want to go where my brother and my friends my are. are. Yeah, where my people are. So went to oh, West. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Ooh, well, got okay. a taste That's of that a... life over there. Was it a culture shock? Little bit. You know, I mean, yes and no, right? My brother was hanging out with everyone who went to West. So I was used mm-hmm. to... Um, I don't even want to, I don't even know what to say really. They, I mean, he was the friends. Vibe. He has all different ethnicity of friends. All of his best friends mm-hmm. are mixed. 
black, Hispanic, mm-hmm. Asian. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he. No. And it's known. Like, known. Yeah. And it's known that those are his friends. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So for me, it was like, well, duh. Right. That makes sense. Why not go there? Mm-hmm. Went there. Not really culture shock. It was it felt more like home, to be quite honest. Okay, okay. Let the people know something. Let the people know something. Yeah, let them know something. Well, Appleton okay. East was full of, uh, it was really full of, and I love my friends from Appleton East, but, you know, I didn't, I was friends with a lot of different people. Like, I had friends from all different groups. That's just kind of the way I've always Me rolled. Too. And yeah, I remember one time one of the jocks saying to me, you know, you would get more boyfriends if you didn't hang out with the Asian kids. What? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. That's horrible. Horrible. And so this, and so, I mean, and that it still is a reason why my podcast is exposing gray areas of America because a lot of people think it's so black and white and yeah. it's truly not. So you graduated with your people mm-hmm. and then, then did you go to college afterwards or what was the choice after high school? I didn't actually, I was going to take a year off. Uh, Corey and I, you know, um, decided to move in together, mm-hmm. took a year off, uh, mm-hmm. it ended up being seven years. And then I went back. Yeah. Yeah. A, a long run. You guys had a good time in that seven years. what did you guys end up doing? Well, we both had a child in those seven years. And mm-hmm. when we were 21, mm-hmm. we, we really got into deeper into, we started going to Milwaukee all the time. A lot of our friends, um, our Asian friends were from Milwaukee or had ties to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. we were there every weekend, you know, um, sometimes on mm-hmm. the weekdays and we would, and, and if anybody knows us about Milwaukee, it is the most segregated city in the country, but all my Asian friends lived on different sides, right? Like you had friends who lived on the North side, you had friends who lived on the South side, you know, so you really kind of got to see the city, I guess, you know, for lack of a better way to say it. Yeah, for sure. So you would say that, you know, and I know Corey and uh, congratulations to Corey, if you're listening. Um, I'm so happy for her. She's proud. You like your guys' growth has been um, phenomenal, you know, and, um, I, I remember, and I and I know you're probably going to crack up oh, when I say this, but, m- like, my my memory was the, the bosses, the lady bosses of the industry, right? <laughs> like, 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 I was, the first time was like, oh, that's cute, right? <laughs> and it was just all about, because it's all about yeah. the looks the first yeah. time, right? Let's just yeah. be honest, right? Like, it's the attraction, right? So I was like, oh, okay, a bunch of girls. Oh, that's cute. But then I kept on seeing, like, the New York move. I think you guys did a Vegas move. I think you guys did moves outside the state, uh, out, definitely outside the city, and I think a couple times outside the state. And that's when I was, you know, the first time I was like, wait a minute. This is more than just looks. This is brains right here. You know what I mean? So who's, um, you know, whose idea was the dream girls? Like, who, like how'd you guys come up with that? That was pretty, that was a pretty cool concept. That was a real, and actually we can't take any credit for that, to be honest. Um, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. It would be our friend, Salim Holder, uh, who lived in Appleton. He worked for Kimberly Clark and back home in, he was from New York. He's from New York and back home in New York, Uh, he was a DJ. So he was like, you know, 
there's nothing around here that's for grown and sexy, right? Like it's all a club. Right. There's nothing that has any sort of dress mm-hmm. code. You know, you have to worry mm-hmm. about fights breaking out. And he mm-hmm. said, would you guys be interested in helping me with this vision? And we were like, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Like that sounds amazing dope. and, and, and real dope. So I loved it. So I loved it. So then obviously you and Corey have, uh, you guys are both stylists, yes. right? You're both yep. artists. Right. Um, and quite frankly, I'm, your calendar is pretty booked, you know, Thankful. I, I, I only see you normally, normally your business posts are, Hey, got an opening. <laughs> <laughs> if you want it, come get it. Like, Whoa, I'm like, bravo. bravo. So after the dream girls, your entrepreneurial spirit led you to stylist or was that all intertwined? It was all intertwined. Yeah. 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 So, uh, he, you know, he's, he, he goes by DJ Leem, L-E-E-M. So that's how Dream D R E E M okay. girls came out. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. We ended up going to school while doing that and still working full time. And 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 yeah. child in tow, yeah. right? At this yeah. time, right? right? So that's right, what right. I want to say to you. Like it it that's you we have to do that, right? Like as entrepreneurial spirits, mm-hmm. um, you have to grind over here while you're birthing this over here because what's gonna pay for this, mm-hmm. right? So you still need to live mm-hmm. and do all that. It is hard and it does, you know, those three jobs, it mm, takes a toll on you, right? Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. will get there, right? And I remember the day I got there and I could only, then I was only a stylist and we did um, dream girl stuff, you know? And it was like, okay, this is what it's, this is what it was that, all for, this right? Is fun. Yeah. 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 And you guys did it well. So uh, bravo, salute. I, I enjoyed the class and sophistication that was brought to the nightlife. <laughs> Um, we had fun. So we definitely had a mutual respect uh, for each other and each other's craft. And then after, uh, you know, how old's your child? How old's your child when um, right now? How old's how old's your? You have one, two, I have two. two, yeah, both boys, boy, two yeah. boys, two boys. <laughs> yeah, bless your heart. Um, how old? I wouldn't have it done the other way. Spoken like a true good mother. <laughs> Spoken like a true good mother. Oldest is he'll be eighteen in November. So real soon, okay. I got a senior in high school, man. Okay. Oof. Okay. Yeah. And he's a smart, good kid, you know, a very smart, good kid. Right. So, uh, yeah, he's going to go to college after this. And um, nice. my youngest is nine and a half. <sighs> okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got to go through it one more time. Yeah, but it's really cool. You get one for a certain amount of time and then you got their time together. And then I get Harlan for, right. you know, another however many years after Giovanni leaves. So. Right. It's it's actually I wouldn't do it any other way. Harlan and Giovanni. Yeah. I like that. Harlan and Giovanni. How about let's talk about the name sure. selection. What how'd you come up with those names? So Giovanni, I was twenty one. I had um three baby showers and they told me I was gonna have a girl. Yeah. I was supposed to be a girl. My mom thought <laughs> I was gonna be a girl, so hey, here it's I a am. Possible, you know, it happens sometimes. So hey. we had three days, you know, to think of a name because they have to have a name before they leave the hospital. Sure, so, sure. Um, I just remember Giovanni, Giovanni means given by God. So it's John in Italian mm. and John means given by God. Mm. And I had a friend of a friend of a friend who had a son named Giovanni. And I was like, gotcha. I like it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. That was it. it. Yeah. Sure. 
And, the, and then Harlan? So Harlan was supposed to be um, named after three people. He was supposed to be, well, okay. not supposed to be, I don't want to say that, but the idea behind it, right. his grandpa who passed away, um, his uncle who passed away, so um, his father's dad and brother, and then I have a, not biological brother, but a brother um, that grew up with us in our household um, also that passed away from cancer. So I wanted to, we wanted to name him after him, but it, it would have been Vance, Peter Lamar, and then Freeman. Uh, but his dad didn't want a hyphenated middle name. So one day, two weeks before he was born, he said, what about Harlan James? And I was like, I like it. Yeah, you know, never heard of it. It's strong. Yeah, right? It's strong. It's a strong it name. Was it, was it difficult? Was that a difficult decision for you to just kind of like, like, all right, I'm going to let the man be the man in that situation, naming this child, or how did that? No, because if I didn't like it, I wouldn't have let him, you know? Okay, okay. Just oh, look to, at be fair, flex, flex. to be fair, to be fair, right? Like, I'm not just going <laughs> to let him name my child for the rest of, you know? Um, whatever whatever I liked it and he named it so one day he was watching basketball he saw James Harden playing and he was like what if we change the D to an L and it was Harlan and then Mm -hmm. James this is so embarrassing to even admit Mm -hmm. was after LeBron James no I know but but James is biblical (laughs) and and that was important to me that their middle names were true Biblical in some way, so. So I like that you gave a lot of thought to the name. Um, and, you know, may, people might think I'm weird for this, but I think it's important. Um, I did not like my name growing up. Um, okay. You know, Damien growing up in the 80s, you know, I'm a 77 baby. So growing up in the 80s, it was it was unique enough to where it stood out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the movie that the name derived from, that everybody knows the name from, isn't a very good movie. So the correlation mm-hmm. to the name and the energy that the name received, I it had to endure as a human, right? Like people were making fun of my name, not knowing who I was, or saying something about me because of my name, not knowing who I was. And it essentially effect, affected me as a mm-hmm. child, right? I have four boys, but I only knew about one pre pre birth um mm. that I had some type of um dealings yeah. with. You know what I mean? So um this particular child is one I have custody of and I named and I was like, okay, I had to be creative. I was like, um, I don't want them to have a just a busted mm-hmm. name. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't <laughs> want them to have, you know, just just a name that everybody else got, you know? So I was like, okay, what am I gonna do? And I know he was never gonna meet my mom. So I was like, okay, son, uh, I'm going to name you, let's see. I wanted the initials of my mm-hmm. mom. So my mom's initials is JFD. So I wanted to give him JFD. So I gave him Justice Fremont Dorn. Okay. Look at you. So, yeah, Justice Fremont Dorn. Yeah. I like it. So, yeah. So I, that's why I asked. So that's why I asked. So how has it been raising two boys? Um I mean, I, were you together? Were you together at any point with the mm-hmm. fathers? Um, how how has that been? Because I know I was raised by a single mom, so I know some of those struggles are serious. Yeah, I mean, or challenges, I should say. <laughs> as far as challenges go, I have a really, really great family. Really great. Um, I also have. I mean, my friend group 
is 20, 25 years plus. Right. So I have some solid people around me, which, which literally Mm -hmm. helped me not feel like I was alone. And to be honest, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Giovanni's dad, so for everyone that doesn't know, um, Giovanni, his father's family is from Laos. So they're Lao. So Mm -hmm. he's half Asian and um, he sees him every summer. He lives in Arkansas. He goes and sees him and gets to be around that culture and, you know, Mm -hmm. really know what that's that part of him is like, which I'm very thankful for. Um, I do all the parenting. I do all of it right on that side of things. It's been great. Um, It's been a little hard, but I, I mean, I must say, especially now as a teenager, my dad and my brother are so involved you know, with him and just making sure that he has somebody who can show him, you know, the ropes. And I mean, like simple things. Yes. Mm -hmm. And even like my dad, right. One time told him last year, it's your job to mow the lawn. I know your mom likes to, but I, I don't want to, I shouldn't be coming over here and the lawn isn't mowed, Mm. you know, just little things like that. Because Mm -hmm. I think, whether right or wrong or people agree with me or not, I am big on gender roles. Yes, mm-hmm. I do like to mow the lawn and he will wash the dishes sometimes. But for me, I just, I'm very thankful that my dad and my brother are there for those things. You yeah, know? because I don't think those are things that you would innately, naturally, organically instill it within him, you no. know? So yeah. it does take a village at that point. You just learn from your environment, like, okay, I I got to move a certain way. Again, it takes a village, mm-hmm. right? But your village was a great village. And um, that's what I love about you is you're you're genuinely wholesome. Like, in my opinion, coming from where I come from, right? I'm not in the dark anymore. I'm definitely uh, lit. My, my, my God mm-hmm. saved me from myself. And um, I was my worst enemy. So... Uh, if he can save me from myself, he can save anybody from anything. And that's that's what I feel Amen. like when, when we talk about God. So um, so Harlan is mixed, right? Is. His dad, his dad is. is black and obviously you're white. How was that? You know, you have a you have an Asian child, a mixed Asian child, and now you have a mixed black child. Was, did you get any, you know, was there anything experience-wise that— you recognize that people were looking at you some type of way or? Well, my kids are in private now. They've been in private. Harlan has been his whole life. And Giovanni, after fourth grade, he was in private. Solely, honestly, because Appleton doesn't jive well with the way that I parent and the way that he was feeling as a as a child, right? He mm. felt like he was just a bad kid. And mm. um, again, to each their own, I'm sure Appleton works for a lot of people. It just doesn't sure. for our family. So that, that's hey, the route we took. You got to do what's right for you. Yeah. Um, I'm an avid, I'm an avid believer in that. So private school is, I grew up in a private school, um, first, second, third grade. Then my dad left. Uh, my mm. dad left when I was eight. So I haven't seen my dad since I was eight. No one's seen my dad mm. since I was eight. Um, and then and then I went from private school to Chicago public school. Yeah. yeah, that was that was uh, that was something to get used to. So congratulations for putting your kids in private school. I mean, they definitely uh, put the emphasis and focus on education for sure. For sure. Um, I was smart coming into public school. In fact, I dumbed myself down because I don't want to get beat up. You know, that's like unfortunate. They, yeah, yeah, they, that's they almost 
yeah, you raise your hand too much. They gonna let you know you're raising your hand too much. Mm-hmm. Like, you trying to be teacher's pet? Like, what you trying Ugh. to do? You're trying to make us look yeah. stupid? You know what I mean? But in private mm-hmm. school, the first person to get their hand raised got called on. Mm-hmm. I wanted to answer the question. You know what I mean? You took yeah. pride in knowing the information. And, yeah. Um, again, I think that may be a cultural thing too. What have you What have you done for your children as far as uh, um, post academic or I mean. Um, uh, extracurricular, like uh, piano, dance, uh, football, basketball, any any of those activities? Yeah. Um, I really kind of just say to them, do you want to try this, right? Like throughout both their yeah. lives. Uh, both of them did karate. Giovanni did piano. Like he wanted to learn piano, self-taught himself guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was in Pop Warner. And left a few years out of that. He was like, yeah, it's okay. It's just not for me. Um, mm-hmm. He's really tall. So then he went into basketball. Uh, and at, the, at a private school, the one he was at, all the kids in his class moved together throughout the grades, right? So fifth, sure. sixth, seventh, and eighth, he had all the same kids in his class. Mm-hmm. So when if they were on the basketball team, they were all on the basketball team together, which was yeah. really cool. So Yeah, absolutely. He did that. Um, Harlan's in soccer right now. So now I didn't think okay. I'd be a soccer mom, but the older I get, okay. the, the more I'm cool with it, you know? Hey, it, there's a certain ring to soccer mom. So there. bravo, <laughs> bravo for being a soccer mom. Um, that's awesome. Is he good? Be honest. Yeah. You know, yeah. the thing with my kids is, is that they, they do enjoy doing sports. Oh, I'm sorry. Giovanni does um, track and field too, but oh. you know, they want to be good. And as Giovanni gets older, he will like practice and try harder. But like, nice. I don't know if Harlan thinks he's just going to be great because his dad's good at sports or <laughs> what I really think it is, is that he just wants to go out there and have fun with his friends. Right. Like yeah, he's not right super competitive. Mm-hmm. If he loses at a card game, he's not crying about it. Mm-hmm. Like he's just super friendly. So that's awesome. I'd almost rather it be like that, you know? Yeah, for sure. What were some challenges raising two boys? Um, you know, as a as a as a as a mom of multicultural children, what were some of your what were some of the challenges that you you know were glad you overcame? Well, I have to I have to say too. If you look at my kids, you Harlan has red hair and medium skin tone, right? Mm-hmm. Same. Giovanni has light brown hair or dark brown hair. Same. So if you look at my kids, you know you don't necessarily know they're mixed. Mm-hmm. You know they're not like white kids, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't necessarily look half black and half Asian. Mm -hmm. So I think that has, I I honestly think that has a lot to do with why maybe I haven't seen as much as other multicultural parents, you know, parents of multicultural children, right? Right. Um, Which is sad to say, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, if you look the part, then people are going to think X, Y, Z. But that's the gray area. That's the gray area of America. You know, and that's and that's why I'm so glad that your experience is different, because if everybody I brought on the show had the same experience, I wouldn't be a great show. Right. Right. You know, yeah. um, I, I love it. And, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Um, you know, Harlan, Harlan's dad, from what I understand, is doing extraordinary things in his own right. So, you know, the mentorship falls. I'm not sure how that relationship went with you. You guys, was it difficult raising a multicultural child being two different cultures? Because uh, I know for a fact that my white family and my black family did things way different. 
You know, yeah, when I when right. I went to when I went to my mom, it was a different type of punishment. It was a different type of talking to. It was a different meal. You know, it was a different mm, bedtime. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I went to my yeah. dad or my or my dad's people, is that it was a different type of talking to. It was a different type of meal. It was, yeah. a, it was a different type of bedtime. You know, so did yeah. you did you were you did you guys ever live in a home together and um, have mm-hmm. any type of differences that you had to overcome? We did, yeah. For the mm-hmm. for the first like year of his life, year and a half probably, um, we were together. And I have to preface this by saying he, so his dad grew up in St. Louis, inner city St. Louis. Mm-hmm. However, he's been Just in Wisconsin. Chicago. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. His his grandma's from East St. Louis, so mm-hmm. it's yeah. Mm-hmm. He saw a lot growing up, right? Like um, mm-hmm. a lot, and. So when he came to Wisconsin to play football at um, Lakeland, his the the other woman that he calls mom is the was the dean of students. She took him in, right? Nice. So so he really um, has ha, grew into kind of what that looks like with them, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. when we were together, he had a little bit of everything and was really like denying his past. So if things were, would arise when it came to parenting, um, for the most part, it was fine. You know, Harlan's young at that time, right? It's as it's personally that it became an issue over, over that time when we broke up that we didn't really see eye to eye on a lot of other things, Mm -hmm. but as Harlan's gotten older, I mean, his dad is super open to like, like I told him, I said, I was spanked as a kid, but my parents explained to me why, right? Like we went in the room, they sat down with me like, all right, you're going to get the belt three times, but this is why, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't just get hauled off and whooped. I, that didn't Mm -hmm. happen. Um, I was definitely disciplined and I knew right from wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I explained that to his father, he was like, yeah, we don't have to do that. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and it depends on the kid, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Harlan is so kind-hearted and apologetic mm-hmm. that I, I honestly believe that he means the best. He right. still makes choices that aren't ideal and off emotion or whatever, right? But mm-hmm. if you talk to them about it, and he'll still have punishment. Mm-hmm. So his dad really, every time I ask him something, he's like, whatever's best for Harlan. You know, nice. like, Smart. whatever you want to do that, that you feel like is best for him, you. that's what I want to do, Yeah. He trusts you. That's awesome. That's cl- I'm glad to hear that. That's an amazing um, message, I would like to say, to the people. Like, <laughs> so true. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, stop using, yeah. stop finding ways to build barriers and, you know, barricades, oh. you know, and bridge gaps and communicate, like, for real. So, bravo. Shout out to you guys. Um, I salute both of you for co-parenting in the way that you do. So, um, all right. So fast forward, where are you at now? What are you doing now? Like what's, what's up with Jen now? What, how, how's she doing? What's going on in her life? I'm good. Um, so where do I start? So I bought a house five years ago. Okay. Um, again, something God told me to do and got me ready, got my credit ready, got, you know, mm-hmm. got everything in order, uh, bought a house. And, um, in Appleton, I'm still in Appleton. I live with the, the, my two wonderful children. Mm -hmm. I I just, honestly, I love life. I have good friends. I have good family. I love my children. I'm super happy alone. Mm -hmm. I do think that I'm meant, uh, I have a desire to be a wife someday. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I do want that. I've, I've really, really grown 
exponentially over the last, you know, several years. But even the last year, when you think you're like not done, but you think you're ready for the next step in life, right? It, it'll humble you real quick and be like, mm-hmm. eh, listen, girl, you, you got really? a little bit more to work on, you know? Mm-hmm. And we all do, right? Nobody's, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll never get there until we're in heaven, right? But mm-hmm. um, so that's really what I've been focusing on is, you know, my kids and helping them. They, they both um, love to talk. So, you know, just helping them focus and figure out Giovanni's fine now, but with Harlan being in fourth grade, just helping him figure that out. So really my focus is my children and yes, my business, but really evening life out, right? Like your, your, your work and your time off needs to be equivalent. So, um, I love to travel. Um, yeah. Really just like, I'm excited for the future, right? I don't know exactly what it holds, but I feel like if I just keep making the strides to be a, it's so cliche, but to be a better person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think emotionally, um, we, you and I have talked about this, emotional intelligence is huge, not just in yourself, but the way you parent and the way that mm-hmm. you talk to other people. And there's just so much that I've learned that I wish I could like, you know, I, maybe you and I should have another podcast, right? Where we talk about like how important it is to grow. Absolutely. I'm huge on that. I'm, I'm really, I'm really big on that. So I try to teach a lot of those things to my kids too. And I, and I, I'll be honest. Um, I recognized it and that's what made me reach out to you a while back. Um, I seen it, like I seen the growth. So I, I seen how you were developing yourself. I, your, your words were, um, selected differently. The, the, the type of pictures that you were posting changed, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. a, a, as you grew, your actions formed uh, differently. So it showed the growth to anybody that was able to recognize it. But if people aren't growing themselves, you're going to elevate beyond them. And, mm-hmm. that's just, and that's just the truth yeah. of the matter. And that's solo or in a relationship. Yeah. And for all my 100%. people in a relationship that you're the one putting in the work in yourself and your partner is not, red flag. Like, huge red flag, you know? So I commend you for yeah. the self-growth. Um, it's very important. And I think that spills over into your children, yes? Like, they see, yeah. they see mom working on yeah. herself, so they take a pride in working on themselves. Do you agree I with that? I think it's more... Yes, I do. Because it is by example, right? Everything Mm -hmm. as we parent, they tell you that it means more than you telling them to do something. Mm -hmm. But even more so is now when I'm teaching them a life lesson, it comes from the place of growth and maturity and emotional intelligence. You know what I mean? So I'm teaching them that young which to me is huge. I didn't have any of those. I didn't have, you know, I mean, I'm just going to be real honest. My mom is not, um, her emotional intelligence is not great. Right. Right. So when you're like, you've always been nice, you know, I mean, I do have an innate nature of being kind. That is me. However, you know, there was times in my life when I wasn't nice, right? Like somebody crosses me and right away my emotions spin in, or I'm in an argument with a boyfriend, you know, like, but when you can learn to sit in it for a little bit, like nowadays, I almost take too long. Mm. <laughs> like, give me mm. a few days, all right, and I'll let get me back process. To you. Let me process. Yeah, this. let me process right. this. Let me. Pro- but so that's not wrong, say, though. That's not wrong. No. I don't think that's wrong. 
No, I'd rather take too much time. I mean, cause I will talk about it. Right. I'm mm-hmm. not one of these that also like just doesn't want to talk about it, but for them, you know, teaching Harlan in fourth grade, when somebody, when he does something or when somebody says something to him, instead of just like, you shouldn't be doing that. Why don't we talk about why, mm-hmm. right? Like, why don't we talk about a solution as to how then you should be thinking or dealing with it? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's meant a lot to me. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's been a lot to me. Yeah, I think I think the emotional IQ is important. Um, Self growth. Um, you know, I, I'm glad that I'm glad that I got on the personal development track. Um, I really started reading a lot of books. What's the book that you're reading right now? Um, I Ooh, just put you on the finished. Spot. Oh no, that's cool. You're good. I just <laughs> finished um, abandonment. From what was from grief to healing. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. And what synopsis synopsis of the book? What what did it like what did it unlock or what did it pinpoint for you? Well, it talks about how grief of losing someone that's still alive and how it's not really a um psychological, you know, they don't really talk about it, right? You talk about grief and you can deal with somebody. You're really sad for them that like lost somebody who died. Mm -hmm. But when, when somebody just like, um, abandonment, right. When somebody decides they want to leave and that's it. And you have really no closure or no nothing. It tells you what the stages are that you go through. And it really makes you feel like, Oh, okay, this is all right. I'm not crazy. Right. Like these are the steps that, you know, you were going through whatever, but I would say, um, it really talks about psychologically, like how young we are when we form memories and why we wouldn't Mm -hmm. remember them. And it goes through all of that. So I would say, even if, even if, all you've been through is a breakup ever in your life. It is like one of the best books. Wow. So yeah. from, from just something as minute as a simple breakup to whatever trauma and tragedy. Yeah. It's definitely anywhere in between. Wow. Anywhere in between. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Book. What, what's the next book on your agenda? Oh, I just started, um, the intercessors handbook. So, mm. um, it is by Jennifer Eva's. It is basically, how some of us are called to, we're all called to pray, but how, if you really notice that when you, when you do pray that it starts to maybe shift an atmosphere, you notice a difference in people's lives, you know, you, that's called interceding for people. So Mm. if people have things going on a lot of times, I mean, you'll find me most mornings drinking coffee, praying. So well, I hope I hope after this, my name is added to the list. I appreciate that. I got you. I got right you. Right on. Right on. So I, you've been talking about prayer, and you've been talking about you know um, you've been giving some biblical references, and so I'm assuming um, off of your conversation that you hold God a very high esteem in your life, and God is like number one. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. It's just, you know, when people ask me why, like, and not often, right. It's not like people ask me that often, but they say, why do you believe in God? I'm like, I've just seen him show up so many times and you can probably attest this too, right? Like Mm -hmm. I've just seen him show up so many times. There's no way. Mm -hmm. And not, not only that, it's like the unction in your spirit where you feel something, you know, you should, you do it. Should you not, you know, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. never led me wrong. Um, 
there's just such a, a peace and a love. And when you go through really hard things, when you go through really hard things where you don't know, like every day is like, okay, one more day to just go get through today. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can lean on that. Yeah. Mm. That's huge. Did you grow up with God? I grew up in church. Yes. Okay. Uh, we were Pentecostal. Um, I fell away from about 13. So when I moved to Appleton, right. 13 to 30. Mm-hmm. So I was into some pretty heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah. So the book, years. so the book outwitting the devil, um, I don't know if you read that book, but um, I the, t- the title got my attention. So I, I read the book um, and I've listened to it a couple of times since I read it the first time. Um, they call it drifting in the book. So mm. they say when you get off of, you know, God's path for you, you know God's path for you because it just feels a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, nat- but naturally you drift because we're led by ego or led by self-esteem or we're led by mm-hmm. distractions or we're led by whatever it may be that force us to drift. Now, drifting in itself isn't a problem. It's not catching the drift. Yeah. Right? So catch a drift, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Make, sure you ca- make sure you catch your drift. But I feel like I've been to church, um, Life Church in Green Bay, awesome church. Yeah, it's a great um, church. Awesome church. Shout out to the pastor, Hennessy's. Um, amazing people. Uh, great conversation with Sean uh, in a private setting outside of a church. It was awesome to hear him speak outside of church and realize he has just as much to offer then as he does on the pulpit. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean? Like, honestly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I feel like there's still a lot of my friends or a lot of my associates or, um, you know, counterparts that wouldn't ever walk into that building. I don't care how yeah. many times you ask them, right? Right. So then when I read the Bible in 2017 and I realized I wasn't as bad as I thought I was. <laughs> Isn't it, if people only knew the kind of people that God uses in the Bible, whoo, child. It, oh, if I, it, you know, so I was like, okay. So I was like, well. Let's start. Let's start bringing the word to the to the people then, instead of bringing the people to the word. So mm. that's kind of that's kind of been my motivation. Um, that's why I say edutainment. You know, I yeah. want to have fun, but I'm going to drop some nuggets, and I'm going to bring people Love on my that. podcast that are going to drop some nuggets. You mentioned travel, so you got some travel plans in the near future. Um, what, what you know, I know you. I know <laughs> you. You know, um, kids are getting kids are getting almost old enough to you know yeah. go with grandma for the week and. You know, what, what you got planned? What's your next, where, where are your sights set? Where are you trying to go? We are going, my children, my whole family, um, my sister can't make it, but there's about 40 of us going to my brother's wedding in the Dominican in the week after Thanksgiving. So we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. I've never been to all-inclusive of all the places I've been, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. And bringing my kids, right? Like, Sure. Anyway, yeah, I'm real excited to be with my family. And then um, that's about it. I'll be 40 uh, January 13th, which is a Friday. So Friday the 13th. Mm. Um, and I wanted, Corey and I wanted to go uh, overseas for my birthday. But this year with my brother's wedding, we can't. So 2024, so I'll be 41. We're thinking about an island off of Thailand. So mm. we'll see. Okay. See? Okay. I like, I, like, I like that you have some vision. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. And um, what's the what's the next uh, business task on your vision board right now? What, what what's what's next for your career? 
So, you know, I mean, that's kind of somewhere where I've been, I've been like not lacking. Um, I'm not sure what the next move is, you know, so I'm kind of just waiting on, on God. I'm praying about it. We'll see what it is. Um, I'm happy at where I'm at. It seems like, and I've looked back on the timeline of things and it seems like almost every four years is when God moves me into something new. Mm-hmm. Um, my last salon I was at, I was there for almost four years. And the one before that I was at almost four years. Wow. So I'm at this about two and a half and some change. So we'll, we'll see. I'm not okay. really sure. All right. Well, awesome. But awesome. That's all right. So it, as, as a mother of multicultural children who have co-parented successfully with the fathers of the children, uh, mm-hmm. what, what would be, what would be, some, you know, just words of wisdom that you would give to mothers that are struggling in that department or dads that are struggling in that department on co-parenting and, you know, raising, um, you know, as a black man, um, having a child with a white woman, he wants to teach the black culture and she wants to teach the white culture. And sometimes those, those partners, they just don't see the importance of the ability of each parent being able to do so. So, um, what, what, what would you tell, what would you tell some of the people out there uh, um, based on your successes? Actually, a, a good friend and I were having this conversation like a week ago about how his ideas and her ideas weren't necessarily, you know, they were kind of button heads a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it more and more this week. And I was like, you know, in all honesty, all it comes down to is if you solely focus on what is best for your child, the rest comes with it. It makes me see why God designed families the way he did, right? Mm-hmm. Like it makes a lot of sense to me. The more and more I, um, again, am out of it, right? Because I'm a single mom of how many years now? Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I don't mean like their dads aren't around. I'm just saying that the you're not the a, main you're not a, meat of everything is like is a lot moms, right? Like right. you said, we can multitask. I know when soccer is. I can do laundry. I have to make dinner. Like that's just who we are. As that's our nature. So when I and say I, that, I'm not trying to you. say you know like single mom. I don't have any help because I do. Right. I definitely do. Um, and they're um, and Harlan's dad does a lot, a lot for him, but. I will say that if you focus on what is best for them. So like you said, okay, let's say you want to send them to, well, I want to send them to private school, right? Mm-hmm. Well, his dad has always gone to public school. His mom was a dean of students at a public, um, not public, but at a college, right? And education is mm-hmm. super important. And the Christian aspect was super important to me, not to him. But right. it wasn't so much so like not okay if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So really, I would say if you want to do something for your child that you aren't sure the other one is going to like, or um, the other one has something to say to you about a cultural reference that they want their kid to be doing or don't want their kid to be doing. I think the best thing you can do is actually listen to each other. Mm -hmm. Like listen to understand, right? Mm -hmm. Like listen to be like, okay, I get that. All right. I get it. You know, I may not agree with it, but is it going to hurt my child to do that? Mm. No. Mm. Right. That's huge. That's huge. We call it, listen, listen with the intent to listen, not with the intent yeah. to respond. hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, 
so with my with justice, I really wanted to be a family. Right, I really didn't want to bring another child into this world without being able to be a family unit. I never knew what it was. Never yeah. seen it. Never seen it in action. Um, you know, so my experiences have led me to uh, perpetuate that cycle. But you know, I, I still got a shot. I still got a shot. You know, I'm only 45. Always. So yeah. I'm only 45. Right? So, um, but you know, I I know that like I try to give him his mom's background. Um, you know, I let him know like his mom comes from Sweden. You know, his mom's family mm, comes from mm-hmm. Sweden. You know, so you gotta Love know, that. like, right? Yeah. And I let him and I let him know that his grandma's family. You know, my mom comes from Germany and they came through Canada. And so I, I just want to give him that. Um, when he asked me about the black side of my family, it's like, well, son, see, um, what had happened was right. And, yeah. and it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate truth, but that's part of the gray area that we deal with a lot in society, especially in uh, black American society is that a lot of us can't really instill that root inside of our child exactly where they came from. Um, so mm. we focus, we focus more on being the best person that you can be. Mm. You know, like I know at least for me, like um, justice, just your only person you compete with is who you were yesterday. Like everybody yeah. else, everybody else is, you know, you can, you can, you know, look, observe, acknowledge, you know, um, be, be thankful, you know, give them, give them praise, give them their flowers, but don't think just because they're at a level that you can't get to that level or exceed that level, you know, and nothing comes easy, easy come, easy go. I've been telling, I've been so telling true. him that since he was 10, I made a lot of easy money and, um, nothing hurt worse than losing money that I earned hard. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Jenna, I, I really, I really thank you for jumping on and, you know, having this conversation and uh, really being a part of the mix in America culture. You know, your story is um, a delight because, you know, it, it was sunshine and it was, you know, it was rainbows and it was positive. And I think a lot of times uh, media platforms, they like to dwell on the negatives and uh, things mm-hmm. of that nature, and no matter how no matter I try to I pull try- it that way, you were able to re- redirect and correct. Like, no, look, it was like this, and it was like this, and I think the crowd and the listeners need to understand. Like, you know, it's not all you know bad out here. You know, there are yeah. some situations that if you want to make the best of it, you can make the best of it. I think you've done that hands down. So, uh, bravo. Congratulations. Um, I'm glad to be your friend. I'm glad to know you and I'm glad to have you on the podcast. Is there anything else that you want to, um, you know, say? Is there um, anything that you want to leave the people with or, you know, it's your story? You want to you want to end it in any way? Well, thanks for having me. First of all, I appreciate it. Um, This has been great. But yeah, I think you said it. I think you said it best. There is always a positive. I think if we keep um, well, personally, if I keep God first and I keep my mindset positive, I, I can't fail at anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that, uh, even though it may look dark, you know, there's always light. There's always light the next day. Tomorrow's a new day. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Mm-hmm. If you need help, search for people that can help you or will help you. And, you know, if you're in a place where you can help, help. Right. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's important. Um, generosity, kindness, um, but 
I'm kind. Don't mistake my kindness for a weakness, though. Oh, same. Oh, same. You know, I tell my son that all the time. Like, yeah, just because I'm kind, yeah. don't don't think I'm nice. You know, oh. nothing. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, sweet. I'm nice, but I'm not nice. Right, I'm not nice. Um, you can't cross me. Again, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Jen. I appreciate it. Um, you know, where where are you a stylist at? Just in case you are you open? Are you accepting appointments? Uh, how how do how do people get a hold of you to get some of that get some of that beauty knowledge from you? <laughs> um, so I I take new appointments, but I don't work many nights and weekends. So I've established myself to a place where I don't need to. So I'm thankful for that. But um, Instagram. Jen.D.Christ, Christ, I guess, if that's the way you want to pronounce it. Um, but yeah, uh, and, and beauty stuff, you know, I have a beauty page as well. It is studio.noir.gen. So Beautiful. if you're interested, you can follow me. But uh, other than that, yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great, hey, David. Th- hey, thanks for coming. I appreciate you so much. All right, y'all, you have been uh, on another podcast of Mixed in America where we discuss the gray areas, and uh, this episode is no different, jam-packed with full of uh, information and nuggets that you can take on and share with your family and friends. And I thank you for listening. All right, see you next time. Peace. Life is not so black and white, and there is too much gray area not to talk about it. Thank you for listening. Look forward to having you back next time as we discuss truth, facts, and experience exposing the gray areas and stereotypes behind America herself.